going on, everybody? I am Brett Popish, and this is Defiant, the show for those that wish to be more, achieve more, and be defiant. Now, some of you are probably listening going, what the hell is Defiant? We uh, subscribe to the Uncommon feed, and you did. And uh, as you might have noticed, Dustin and I hadn't uh, published anything in quite some time. Actually, since the middle of November, we hadn't dropped an episode. And we were just uh, kind of sitting back looking to do a little bit different direction with things. Um, Dustin has stepped away uh, for the time being, but I will tell you, I'm sure we can get him back on for an episode or two in the coming uh, months, but uh, we're going to be going a little bit different direction here. So I'm going to be hosting the new show. I renamed it for a couple reasons, which I want to get into um, on this quick episode. Uh, so we renamed it. Um, and really, I want to set the tone on this episode for the direction moving forward. Now, we're still going to touch on a lot of the uh, socioeconomic uh, issues political issues, stuff like that, but just a little bit different of format. Uh, I might save those episodes uh, for Dustin. So for all of our listeners out there, definitely message him and tell him you want him back on the show for those. Um, but what I want to do, I want to do uh, more interview episodes with different people. So um, as you tune in, you're going to get some more interviews uh, with different business leaders, entrepreneurs, uh, maybe some sports figures, things like that. But really, why did I change the name from Uncommon to Defiant? Well, a couple reasons. One is uh, the word uncommon wasn't very searchable in the podcast world just because of how we had to do it. So I figured just make it a one word, defiant, make it nice and easy on that. But also there's some meaning behind defiant. Why are we defiant, right? So in the environment we are today, and you look deeper into the social messaging and things like that, defiant means doing the opposite. So for example, what does success mean these days? You know, you look at the kids growing up and they get participation awards. We've created a generation of what we, some of us call lazy, entitled, and demanding kids that have no idea what hard work, discipline, fortitude, and work ethic are. And for, and you know, I, we, you could probably argue that that has been the case for generations, right? The older generations always think the young generations coming up don't have the work ethic and that sort of thing. But the younger generation today, when you go into a restaurant, you go you know, out to lunch and you see a, a, a young adult, sometimes, not all the time, I don't want to lump them all into this one category, but sometimes, you know, they can't look you in the eye, shake your hand, look up from their phone, look up from TikTok. They spend hours, hours in a day on these mobile devices, again, with TikTok, Snapchat, whatever the case may be. And they're living in these virtual worlds rather than in the, in the actual world we're all living in. They've also coined the term quiet quitting, where the, this attitude these days is, I won't do anything more for my company, my boss, my employer, whatever that is, until I get paid more. So basically, until they pay me more, I'm not going to go out and produce anything more. And the reality of it is, most of us listening to this show probably understand that the world don't work like that. The world don't give a shit what you might do or what you intend to do. The world cares about what the fuck you have done leading up to this point. What I mean by that is this. We don't get paid in any business, any profession for what we may do in the future. Anytime we get paid is because of what we have put in, the effort we have put in, the production we have put in. Take sports figures, for example, for one moment. A sports figure, when, they're con when their rookie contract is up, they're getting paid and they're getting a bigger contract more so, than, more so than that rookie contract simply because of the production that they put on the field, the court, or the ice leading up to that contract, that, that, that new contract, that contract extension, whatever that, might, whatever that might be, okay? 
same idea in the real world that we all live in. You know, your employers are going to give you a raise if you're a shitty employee in the hopes that you will improve. They're going to give you a raise because, hey, you've shown the work ethic. You've shown the fortitude. You, you've showed the tenacity of wanting to get better in your profession. So now we're going to incentivize you or pay you for what you've already done in the past. So, you know, again, this younger generation, they just don't realize the world rewards those that have earned it and that have proved that they're worth it, not in the hopes that they, they will be worth it at some point in time. Then we get into what does healthy mean, right? How many times are you scrolling Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, something like that, and you see these magazine covers now with 400-pound, uh, what they're calling fitness models, that does not exist in this world. There's nothing fitness or model or healthy about a 400-pound individual, right? That just doesn't, doesn't exist. And we've gotten to a point where a pill, a vaccine, you know, that's what's going to make you healthy. But let's then demonize what really makes us healthy. What does really make us healthy? Eating right, exercising right, um, you know, having a, having a disciplined routine on a daily basis to make sure that you're you're physically and mentally healthy. Why do I say mentally healthy? Mentally healthy is what we're reading, what we're watching, what we're listening to, what we're consuming on a daily basis feeds our mental health. That all comes down to health. We're now living in a time where they've changed the food pyramid, which is insane to me, that Lucky Charms was deemed or or they classified Lucky Charms as being healthier than steak. Are you kidding me? No way is a sugar cereal healthier than lean beef or lean steak. That's just ridiculous, but that's the type of shit we're, we're going to be talking about. Vitamins are, have been discredited. If you've been following this podcast or any podcast with any level of sensibility about it since 2020, you've noticed that, you know, let's not, let, let, let's not talk about eating right. Let's not talking about taking vitamins. Let's not talk about living a healthy lifestyle, you know, reducing alcohol consumption, drinking more water, things like that. Let's just talk about wearing a face mask and taking a vaccine, right? Stupid things like that. And so like the vitamin industry has gotten demonized for whatever reason, because, well, you know, those vitamins haven't been proven to be effective. That's the most nonsense, stupid bullshit thing I've ever heard because we all know that if you take your vitamins, as Hulk Hogan would say, right? Take your vitamins every day. You're going to be a healthier person. Now we have drugs with crazy side effects. We've talked about vaccines, but think about any time you, you watch TV, any, any uh, commercial break during a TV show, a sporting event, anything like that, what do they talk about on commercials? They're talking about, you know, they're promoting a, a new pharmaceutical medication, and in the very end, after everybody's happy, you know, frolicking through a field of meadows and butterflies, at the very end, then they're talking about the whole slew laundry list of side effects that you could get that, in many cases, the side effects are worse than, than the disease they're trying to treat you for, right? So it's just insane to me um, how our medical professionals have turned into salesmen for big pharma, not to mention the false sense of security, like I had mentioned earlier with the face diapers. So, you know, again, I don't want to make this just a complaining episode. I'm just laying out the kind of setting the tone moving forward of the things we're going to discuss. And I'm going to do it in a positive manner as to how to really see through some of this bullshit and, and again, be defiant with it and live a life of personal excellence. That's the goal. 
But let's talk about a couple things even further. So now we get, uh, and this is not just something brand new, but we have politicians creating fake crises to control the people, right? So we have in the 1970s, the crisis was from a, a climate standpoint, it was global cooling. Every politician, every person that was going to see into the future thought the ice caps were getting bigger. Uh, we were heading into a new ice age. True story. Some of you might not believe it. Go ahead and look it up. Then as time went on in the 80s and 90s when, the, when, when we didn't have the Ice Age come to fruition, they decided, okay, now we have global warming. For those of you old enough, you remember how they said we had a hole in the ozone and we had to fix it or we were all going to fry to death? Well, when they realized that global warming was a, was a total hoax and that wasn't coming uh, to fruition as well, they changed that narrative to now climate change. And nobody can argue with climate change because as we've talked on previous episodes on the Uncommon Feed, Climate is a ever-evolving thing. Climate is always changing. For those that don't believe me, take, take a look at this. The Badlands of South Dakota, when you go there, you know, these are basically canyons that drop in on itself. But when you go to the visitor center, they have fossils of sea creatures that once inhabited the Badlands. So that means part of South Dakota was underwater at one point. So clearly... You know, the, the planet was hotter back then because you'd have more water. That's part of climate change. So, you know, I, I've had some people tell me when we did the Climate Change My Mind episode a few a few episodes back, you know, I had some pushback on that saying, oh, you know, you're a climate change. And I'm not. I believe that climate is ever changing. It's ever evolving. And I think we should be good stewards of the earth. But to think that a politician is going to tax one set of the populace to then give another set of the populace some sort of incentive or, or sh uh, shift from quote-unquote fossil fuels, which is oil and gas, into electricity is magically going to solve this, this problem that they want to perceive. And the reality of it is all these crises they're coming up with, they're manufactured to create a, a consolidation of power for them. What do I mean by consolidation of power? If every vehicle is electric and on the electrical grid, well, it's easy to, to restrict people's movements because, well, we'll just shut off the electricity or, hey, we have rolling blackouts because we have too much drawn off the grid. So you can't drive anywhere. You can't go on road trips or whatever the case may be. And again, I, I'm doing a very high level overview of all this. We're going to dive into it much deeper as time goes on. So, you know, the narrative of that is it's a crisis for control. I think we all, most of you listening to this episode probably realized that was what 2020 and 2021 was all about with COVID and the vaccines. It was a crisis to create control in all honesty. Then we get to the World Ec Economic Forum promoting that, hey, you will own nothing. You will rent everything and be happy. For more information on this one, you can go back to the Uncommon Feed episode 50 where we talked about the Great Reset. It's called the Great What, uh, where I kind of broke this down in in more in depth, but this one is really uh, heavy on my heart. And the reason it is, is because the idea that you will own nothing, you will rent everything and be happy is counter in, counterproductive to everything I do. So for those that know me listening, know that I'm a mortgage lender for my full-time job. I help people buy homes and by helping people buy homes and, and own real property, what that's doing, it's creating generational wealth for their family. Well, if we take that away from uh, the middle class and we say, okay, you can no longer afford to buy a home or you're no longer allowed to own real property and buy homes, now you just stripped away one of the best mechanisms that people have for creating generational wealth, right? So how are they doing this? Well, since really 2019, your largest private equity firms, uh, primarily BlackRock, 
has been the single largest purchaser of residential real estate in the world, not for fix and flips. They're not buying these homes to then fix them up and flip them and resell them and make a profit. No, 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 no. What they're doing is they're buying these homes, residential properties, turning them into long-term rentals. Well, what has happened with that, and anybody that has looked to purchase a home in the last few years will resonate with this. So what has happened is you have these private equity firms pulling inventory off the market and turning it into long-term rentals, making it more and more difficult for the average person to try to purchase a home. And it's increased the cost of housing nationwide at an exponential amount. It's just, it's flat ridiculous how expensive it is now to buy a home from a a purchase price standpoint. And the reason is because there's a, a national inventory crisis, meaning nationwide, there is is far less inventory available than demand for housing. So economics 101, what happens? You have more demand than supply. Prices go up because you have limited inventory. That has been the case in the United States and really all over the world for quite a few years now. But let's just focus solely on, you know, the United States because that's where, where I live and that's where I'm familiar with. It's made home purchasing that much more unaffordable for the average person to where, you know, 20 years ago when I got in the mortgage business, the average loan amount for somebody buying a home, maybe a first-time home buyer, was around 160 to 180000 in the Denver, Colorado metro area. At that time, our loan limits were around, well, right around $417,000. Today in Denver Metro, our loan limits are in excess of $787,000. That just tells you how expensive it has gotten to purchase a home because of what's happening at these higher levels. Let me give you a perfect example of what happened. So November of uh, 2022, the Federal Reserve came out uh, Jerome Powell made a statement that he suspected or expected home prices to devalue 20% in 2023. Now, first, my first statement to, to this statement is, how do you expect home prices to decline when you still don't have enough inventory to meet the demand, number one? But what most people don't realize that happened the very next, I think the very next week, in all honesty, the board of J.P. Morgan Chase gave them approval uh, to to the tune of hundreds of billions, or excuse me, hundreds of millions of dollars to purchase residential real estate similar to that of what BlackRock's doing. So, how many of you out there listening think that these private equity firms and these banking institutions are actually going to go out and buy real estate in this market if they anticipate, or if if there's an anticipation of home prices to decline? Why would these private equity firms in these bank buy home prices at the height of the market, why would they not wait until prices drop? That does not make sense. What makes more sense is they're, they're, they're trying to gobble up and take away the inventory that is available to limit the amount of inventory that people have actually access to. So well, I'm going to probably dive into that uh, in greater detail as time goes on, just because, you know, again, that's my area of expertise and I can talk about that at length. I mean, with that, that episode could probably be an hour just in and of itself, but I don't want to bore you on that at the moment. You know, the reality is this country was built on defiance. If we go back into, you know, 1776 or leading up to 1776, You know, this country was built on defiance and the people back then were wanting a better life without the oppressive rule by a tyrant in a far, far away land, obviously in, uh, in Great Britain. Over time, I feel like we've all gotten 
complacent. You know, we, we've, de- we've decided to be compliant um, with whatever politicians tell us, whatever the narrative is. And compliance leads to complacency with, well, it's a, here's a problem. It's too big to fix. Or what can I do? You know, what can little old me do to fix that problem? And the reality is there's a lot that little old you and I can do to fix these problems, but it happens in our homes. It happens in conversations with our friends. It doesn't necessarily happen by posting a funny meme on social media. Okay. Those funny memes on social media are good for entertainment, but you're never going to change somebody's mind or you're never going to affect another person by posting a meme. What affects other people is going to be these conversations that we have open and honest conversations that we have to try to strive for personal excellence. Now, these are just a few examples of the issues plaguing us right now. And throughout this show, throughout quite all this, this, this next direction we're going to go with this show, we're going to break down and discuss these to make it our own way. You know, talk about fighting the oppressive powers and ultimately be defiant. So here's what I ask for you, all of our listeners out there. I have a, a, a huge favor I need from you. If you come up with a topic you would like me to talk about, I need you to message me on it. If you know of somebody that you think would be a good guest for the show, whether they're an entrepreneur, whether they are, uh, they're an entrepreneur, successful in their business, if they have an interesting political point of view, um, anything like that, I want you to message me and connect us so I can get them in to talk about this. Um, I also need you to share the show, okay? We don't have sponsors on this show, and, and really the idea is I want to bring value to you without being... Um, jaded or limited in, in what, what we talk about and the value I bring based on the sponsors we have. So with that, all I ask you to do is share the show. Share the show with a friend. Share the show with a family member. You know, share the show on your social media. You know, give us a rating, things like that. You know, easy things you can do to help us grow this show. But I definitely want the communication. So with communication, you can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at BPOP80, BPOP80. Or Facebook at Brett Popish. Definitely connect with me. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Friend me on Facebook. Let's connect. Let's make this a community that we all uh, participate in to strive to achieve personal excellence in every aspect in our life, whatever that might be. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for your continued support. And be defined.